Hey Freaky Fam and welcome back to Let's Get Freaky Podcast. I'm your host Tommy Cullum. Thank you so much for being here. If I sound a little bit croaky, it's because I've had the flu for the last few days. I've had a sore throat and all that jazz, but I'm okay. I'm ready for action and I'm very excited for today's episode. We've got the fantastic Andy McGrath. He joins us again. He's such an awesome guy and we have another amazing conversation with Andy. You're going to love this one guys. Before we get into today's episode... Have you, yes you, have you had any paranormal experiences? If so, we would love to hear from you and we'd love to have you as a guest on the show to share them if you'd be willing to do so. That would be awesome. So please get in touch. Email us at letsgetfreakypodcast at outlook.com. That's letsgetfreakypodcast at outlook.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. You can reach us on any of those platforms at any time. Guys, it really would be great to hear from you, so please get in touch. Also, if you're enjoying Let's Get Freaky podcast and you'd like to help the show out, a great way to do that is by giving us a five-star review wherever you can, wherever you listen to your podcast. That really does help us. Thank you. Let's get into today's episode, guys. It's a great one. We've got Andy McGrath. Let's get into it. Let's get freaky. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm very excited to welcome back to the show the absolutely fantastic Andy McGrath. How are oh, you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Welcome back to Let's Get Freaky. I'm excited, very excited to be here. I've been waiting for you guys to call me back, you know, after the last party. And so, well, maybe I got too <laughs> drunk. <laughs> that was brilliant. We loved everyone. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. How have you been? All right. You know, um, scheming and dreaming as per normal and uh, just living that London dream. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a nightmare, and uh, uh, writing. I'm still working on a second book. It's it's tough. I'm just um, so the beast of the world. Uh, I might have told you last time the first, uh, the first volume, volume one, hairy humanoids that that came out the beginning of this year, yeah. and the audio book came out just recently as well. And I've been writing beast of the world volume two, water monsters, but all of those awesome. slippery serpentine things in all the different waters of the world all the different categories and um i had it up to about 580 pages of research just research notes wow. i've been trying to whittle it down <laughs> to something readable and also <laughs> you know put it all in order because it's just a just a, uh, a cluster of different notes have chucked in from everywhere about these different things in the categories and yeah just sat and pitching the tv series trying to get Trying to get that sold, you know, getting some some good some good feedback, but um, we're still we're still marching, you know, into that, and it it takes it takes a long time, and it's a big, it's always an if, uh, but it's, it's always a, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always an if, not a when, you know. So we're still at the if stage, and that's where I am. Just, um, yeah, trying to. I'm get looking forward to it. Going. I know it's coming. I'm looking forward to it. I've read both of your books now. Oh, thank they you. are absolutely awesome. Highly oh, recommend them, man. Awesome stuff. That's that's nice to know. You know, in the pre-chat earlier, I told you I don't ever expect anybody to to be reading them in the way. So it's it's kind of it's strange when somebody has them, they like it. I'm like, oh, so you were in somebody's house, Andy, far away, without you knowing you were there. Yeah. Sort of speaking, and that's that's a nice thing. That's what used to happen to me when I got somebody's book, and I really enjoyed it. I'm like, wow. That's a privilege, you know. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm getting lots of people asking asking to borrow it, and 
I've told, I have to start saying no because I want people to buy it. <laughs> well, look, if they get it on Kindle, they can lend it to a friend. That's part of the Kindle thing, isn't it? So you can cool. always do that. Get it on Kindle, lend it to a friend. I'm pushing the audiobooks a lot at the moment because I'm always on the move. I'm commuting, like, you know, three hours cumulatively a day, or I'm out heading to some exposition site and, and listen to most of my books via audiobook. And we've got yeah. like a great narrator. And it's, it's a nice way because I've got the audible um and it i think it exists on other platforms as well because i've got audible i'm not even paying for each book you know i'm just you know i'm listening to that one now i'm paying my monthly fee yeah and i still get paid for it you know yeah. and you don't have to so that's um that's that's the bit i've been shoving down everybody's yeah. throat <laughs> now i read no one can hear that's what Lois likes. Like. she likes listening to the audio books mm. awesome yeah i also saw you on telly recently as well on blaze oh, on christopher turner's elusive yeah bigfoot yeah. in britain yeah chris is a great director um he's been, done quite a few things he's done uh the bempton phenomenon with paul sinclair and he did never mind the reptilians or don't mention oh, wow. the reptilians which was his first documentary and that was amazing and um i was actually that was actually a little while back he asked me to to comment on that at the beginning of my journey I was yeah. like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, talk about Bigfoot. And uh, I was still very skeptical then in many ways, you know, and um, there was a whole uh, big community battle going on with like the, the paranormalists, the woo type people and the flesh and blood people and on the flesh and blood side chatting about um, infrasound and uh, portals and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm always I always prefer a rational explanation for everything. Not yeah. to say that there aren't supernatural explanations for things sometimes, but, you know, I think if we're looking for animals, let's just look for them from a nat naturalistic point of view to begin with. Yeah. And yeah, so it got on Blaze. He sold it, you know, and uh, really they good. put it on. Same week with Big Cat, Britain's Big Cat Mystery. They're friend yeah. friends of ours. They did a great job. I think they've got a new series out now, Cat Hunters and okay. Small Town Monsters. Guys yeah. were on there as well. What on their what are they on the trail of uh, uh, series for Bigfoot, which is amazing. They you know they're great. Seth Breedlove and all those guys, Alex, they're, they're fantastic researchers. So it was what a privilege to be with all those guys. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. You said something really interesting that made me think. You said about the deers, how we've got was it forty million deers in the UK? No, not forty. No, no, it's something. I think it's something like. Uh, I think I said four million there. I actually oh, think I the number <laughs> is about. I think no, I, <laughs> but there's thirty over thirty million rabbits. Right. And there's over thirty million sheep, oh, uh, wow. and sixteen thousand of those sheep, on average, approximately every year, are killed. They say by dog attacks and really? things like that, allegedly. But I mean, who knows if we're talking about dogs or big cats or or something else? But even if it wasn't for that, just the rabbit population, the, the game bird population, you know, the, the fish dogs or everything that's really teeming within this country would survive several large predators if they could keep out of sight. And I actually think the big cats largely are a great example of how Bigfoot could keep out of sight or not be discovered because I just had a big cat sighting today, by the way, by a family member. Really? In Wales, uh, an amazing oh, wow. sighting, really close up. She saw it, the girls saw it, her kids saw it, thought it was a bear, got close, pulled the car over. Big black panther, you know, wow. wandering around in Wales. Yeah, I'm going to get amazing. a bit more information on it later. Yeah. And um, 
this is a possibility. And yet, really cool. you know, the police aren't there. Nobody's caught this thing. And it's not, it's not just one thing. It's one of many, many creatures of this type that are surviving, largely undetected in the, in yeah. the British countryside. Wow. So was that sighting, was that, did that happen today? Or was that, that happened today? It yeah. happened today. It wow. happened today. There was That's apparently awesome. another one uh, about a week ago in Merthyr Tydfil, which is in okay. uh, South Wales valleys. And I was saw film footage well? of that. that. It looked panther-like. You know, it was footage uh, walking along the top of a railway from, I'd say, from, I don't know what the distance was, at least three, four streets away. The railway was wow. elevated. It looked like a big cat from the distance at which it was filmed. But this is different. There is no film. It's a family member with no skin in the game whatsoever. And, uh, you know, this relative called me and said, I've seen, I think I've seen a big cat. You know, yeah. we watched it. It was huge. It was black. It moved like a cat. Um, wow. Like the size, I suppose, height of about a, sh- of a sheep, uh, two and a half meters long. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, wow. That's Talk awesome. Yeah. 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 It so does... yeah, looking, waiting for more information on that one. Cool. But they're out there. And it's getting more common in many respects, yeah. but we still, you'd think we would have captured them, big predator like that in the country. Somebody would have caught one, snared one, the sharpshooters would have gone out and, and discovered the whereabouts of these creatures. And yet, somehow, they're just able to keep out of sight. Yeah. How are they doing it? What are they eating? Yeah. It does seem, even since we last spoke, mm. and I know we spoke about it before, it does seem like I'm seeing it more on all news channels now that people mm. are having these sightings and pictures. And there was a video the other day where it looked like there was a black panther in someone's street. Did you see yeah. that? I thought I saw that one sort of going behind the cars or something. Somebody's security cam picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's always hard to tell because, and perspective, that's why perspective is really helpful because, you know, big cats look a lot like little cats. And the distance and the, the, you know, the measurable objects, the, the, the scale objects are what makes the difference sometimes when you can't make out too much of the morphology. You know, does it have rounded ears? You know, does it have that low curved tail? Is, is it moving like a big cat or a domestic? There's also the savannah cat issue. The, um, the, these specialist designer breeds where you get these F1 to 4 serval domestic cat mixes as pets. And they look very large they're normally spotted by the way look very large and sleek and some of the reports clearly people are seeing one of those guys knocking about somewhere and thinking they've seen a big cat where yeah. is it somebody's you know um show off moggy yeah. <laughs> that's you know out on the loose somewhere so there's, I still there's want that, to run into that. <laughs> no i mean they're strong and they're, they're big but, and people generally find you know they tend to get a bit unmanageable and i think that's when they have to get away or reckless people abandon them and you know so on and so forth basically but the panthers i mean the the puma type sightings especially and the i would assume they were melanistic leopards these black panthers those sightings are they're very frequent and what they are is descendants of animals that were let go in the 1970s when the dangerous wild animal act was introduced and yeah. it had really serious stipulations about you know the size of the enclosure these animals had to have and the drainage in the water and room to run about. People couldn't afford that. Zoos yeah. weren't going to take them. And they, a, lot, a lot of people we know now just said, oh, okay, I'll just let it go in this place. Maybe, you know, I'll die out there somewhere. And they didn't die. Yeah. They, they thrived. 
because there were no predators around but foxes and yeah. badgers you know? Just <laughs> <laughs> no competition have you ever yourself seen like a cat footprint in the uh, if i ever found one no i haven't i've never seen one never ever not come across one and i've been also to to investigate locations where they've been seen yeah um in all fairness the locations i've been to there there wasn't mud and there was kind of grassy i guess so there was i suppose um not much around to, to you know to leave a trace of itself yeah um but I've yeah I've heard of them length and breadth of the country. There was a farmer in Yorkshire called me up about three years ago and said he was baling hay uh, in his field where there's a lot of rabbit warrants. And this is where he keeps the hay and he was baling it ready for the winter with his tractor. And the next thing you know, a panther, black panther, walked alongside the tractor so they could have put out his hand and just touched it. Wow. Stalking looking for rabbits and it was you know watching the warrens he watched it for i don't know how long until it you know, disappeared into a hedge and, and was gone and they'd seen i think another pair he was assumed to a breeding pair coming in and out of a, a hedge a few fields across that he also owned and said yeah they're just they're just here but the one he saw interestingly he said was only about maybe a foot and a half high and about three feet long so he said it seemed smaller than what he would have expected but i wondered if they could be maybe some of the breeders out there some of those people know more about this than me if they could be you know ecological pressures that could make some some examples of this species some specimens grow smaller yeah yeah or they could have been juveniles who knows but yeah interesting yeah so i think i told you before my mother-in-law and her sister both saw a black yeah. cat in, in essex a panther mm. and i got yeah a guy messaged me on facebook and i've only just seen it but he messaged me a little while ago saying that he ran over he said a black cat panther mm. in essex in the same sort of area wow so that was quite interesting i think personally between you know, tell me a lot of people think I'm really overdoing it when I say this, but I really do think within 10 years it'll be an accepted phenomenon. We'll look at them maybe in 20 years, we'll look at them the same way we look at gray squirrels and Canadian geese, you know, that kind of thing. I was in, you know, there's a lot of invasive species here in the UK, and I suppose we don't know how many cats there are, but they would, and after a certain demographic has reached, they would count as an invasive species. Um, I was in a park uh, similar to the one I was in in London today in uh, Bushy Park near Kingston-upon-Thames and I saw a crow pecking away at something. I took some footage of it actually and I got close and I thought something's biting that crow's legs in a grassy mound near a pond there. And this park is lovely. So it's got deer in it and those green parrots, the par- um, yeah, Himalayan parakeets, rosary parakeets. And suddenly I realised, oh, this is a crab. And I went close, and there was a crab about this wide, these huge claws covered in mud, and it was a Chinese mitten crab, um, okay. which I wrote about in Beasts of Britain in the the, um, the Beasts in Our Backyard section, sort of detailing yeah. all the all the invasive species. And they burrow into sort of riverbanks, and that's that's how they live. And they come up through the Thames estuary over, I think they've been here since the 30s or 40s, and got further and further in. But this one even though I suppose it's only 
maybe let's say at best it's only about a thousand yards from the Thames River, it's still you know behind a walled enclosure in a separate park. Yeah. Um, and it's clearly it was um, clearly resident there. Nobody stuck it there. Nobody left it there. And I see their malts all the time in the rivers and walking around certain parts of the year. And yet, you know, here it is. This. Yeah strange species or like the wallabies you know it's certain parts of the country there's proper wallaby uh, populations yeah and you see them and it's not an escapee it's not something that's just sort of rocked up from a private collection it lives there and it yeah. probably was born there and its parents were born there you know it's, it's amazing yeah so there's so much out there that we still don't know isn't there uh, yeah even in the the known animals uh, species there's a lot of a lot of stowaways yeah <laughs> a lot of stowaways yeah. yeah i think you shared on facebook today a new owl that was yeah discovered. not here though um oh, was in England. yeah no I, I can't remember where it was actually i only uh, flipped through it very quick um i got that actually from the strange arc facebook page strange arc is a great facebook page they're always looking at sort of new animals or new uh, subspecies, especially and things that have been discovered all over the world. And they're not just looking for the things like the rock stars of cryptozoology, like Bigfoot and Dogman and Nessie, you know, they're, yeah. they're just as happy finding like a new newt Nicaragua or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I like that too. That's about, like yeah. part of it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. There's so much out there. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. We're still finding stuff every day. I love it. All the time. Every year they find new animals and yet, yeah. you know, there's some members of us will say, Oh no, it's impossible. We know everything already. We just don't. We no. just don't. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere near, are we? <laughs> no. And we, we Google Maps doesn't mean you've seen it and you've been there. You know, it's um it's a whole different experience. And look just how hard it is to to find some of the invasive species that we know about in this country, like wallabies, yeah. like big cats, all that stuff. And this is a tiny country in comparison to the world. And then you're going to say, you know, you know what's in the dense jungles of Papua New Guinea or, you know, the Pacific Northwest. I was listening to uh, Russ LaCord in an interview uh, about a year back talking to somebody about when they flew over the Pacific Northwest, the forest being so big and dense that somebody telling him that there are, there are jumbo jets that have, been, that have gone missing there in the past that they've never found. Wow. So that's, you know, yeah. a jet that's downed that they've never recovered. That's how big the yeah. forest is. You think places like the Amazon, like the Congo, and, and which is the Congo. I mean, so it's a place I'd like to get into a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just the animals that are supposed to be there. Mokilian Bembi, like this sauropod, like dinosaur, the Jabafufufi, oh. a giant spider about four feet across. You know, I wouldn't like that terrifying. One. <laughs> no one that wouldn't be happy to fail at five yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'll see it from I the get distance. the yeah, you get the spotted little you know, Starbucks in the corner and say, All right, yeah. we didn't find it, let's go and get some lunch. <laughs> come on, come on, we did our best. <laughs> Standing at the edge of the forest, well, come yeah. on now, that's unreasonable. You can't expect us to go in there, that, that's ridiculous. You know, we haven't even had lunch, yeah. <laughs> That is amazing that a plane could go missing. Like that's go missing. People realize how. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, so huge. We don't conceive of it over here. When you go to 
places like the US, and that's quite a developed place in many ways. Yeah. Quite a known place, like a cartographer. Can I say cartographer? Oh, anyway, I couldn't say. As far it. as the cartographers <laughs> are concerned, it's mapped. They know what's there, and um, and you would think it's sort of all monitored and sectioned off, but it's not. Yeah, people don't know. They just don't know. There's so much um, untouched land. Yeah, when I was in Florida, I was like, I was just horrified in a way by the amount of sort of water and swamp and trees every single place you go to yeah um even the hotel we were in there you know there was like these deck chairs on this little sort of grass verge going down to what was a pond but looked like a lake and there were like alligator signs next to it and i was like oh there are alligators in there and the lady said not necessarily but you have to sort of assume there are alligators in any water florida yeah i was like right but you've got the deck chairs next to the the water's edge and she's like yeah i said like, oh so why not a fence she said oh nobody does that yeah. like, okay <laughs> so what do i do if an alligator comes out she said oh, best best thing to do is like get up a tree oh well like, i'm right at the edge <laughs> my feet are practically in the water like you're you're basically feeding me to alligators <laughs> <laughs> don't and i yet, say running zigzags zigzags i no get up oh really They're fast yeah i mean they're quite fast. Yeah. I want but when they want out. you. I mean, I don't, I'm, they're not like crocodiles. I don't think they're as deadly as crocodiles, are they? But um, yeah. if they want you, I guess yeah. there's not a lot you can do about it. Oh, I don't want to find that out. To no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eating alive is like low, really low on my list of ways they want to die. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. down near the bottom. <laughs> Has there ever been any, um, have you ever had any reports of big, big cat sightings in Dorset? Oh, I'm um, no, there, I mean, there's definitely some in Dorset. I, I yeah. don't remember off the top of my head. I, I even think there's a Dorset big cat group, actually. Um, is there? I think there is. It must only be. Because that's my local now. And I feel like <laughs> Was there any cryptids in the Dorset area that you know of? Uh, big cat sightings in Dorset. Um, I'm going to have to send you these big cat Dorset investigation and research group. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a, there's a few groups. I say, there, I say this because I think it was this week or last week. Hmm. I've been the start of this week, actually. There was a reported lake monster sighting, well, not lake monster, sea monster sighting in Swanage. Did you see that? What was that? Wasn't... I, I see it and I got really excited because I thought, Oh, I've got a, a Loch Ness near me. <laughs> I thought it was a joke or something, was yeah, it? Um, I don't know. I might have been. I've fallen for it, though. <laughs> I got really excited. No, no, no. Where was it? it was off, off the coast? So, yeah, it was off the coast. Someone took a picture of it. It was on the Dorset News or whatever it was on. I shared the link on Facebook. But um, yeah. it, they said um, it was a 15-foot in the sea looked like a, a, a nessie type creature i don't know but i got really excited when i see it yeah <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment like that, that whole thing about the crocodiles you know just off the yeah uh, bempton cliffs and all of that kind of stuff and they were clearly like rocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i saw the footage and i'm like yeah those people are some like rocks you've got there you know <laughs> Well done, you know, and you can see that the footage is, uh, the, I suppose, what appears to be movement in the footage is the camera moving slightly and then it cuts off because, right. of course, if you focus on it any longer, you're going to see that these these things aren't really moving. Yeah. Um, 
there's been yeah there's been a i mean and i always like jump up whenever any article like that's about because yeah i want it to be real yeah okay oh you went looking for the dorset sea monster i'm scrolling to your page now that's it that's uh, it that's it because uh, i oh, see okay. it i was like I've got said the go. mystery subject found floating this one that's it that's okay. it yeah and i think it was um, the start of the week i think maybe i should have paid more attention um <laughs> i should have i should have sent you that link no, it's like, well, I'll have a look at that later now. You know, it's <laughs> it's just funny sometimes. You know, the newspaper thing is really difficult because, of course, yeah. it's got to be sensational and they don't really care if it's real or not. They, no. they care if the framing works. Yeah, it's just clickbait, you know? isn't it? Well, you know, you can't blame them because that's kind of how their, that's how their media works now. They're nobody's yeah. really buying the papers or the clicks get them the money. So yeah. it makes it extra hard. Yeah. Um, but witness sightings, I get a few. I got a, one recently about a Bigfoot sighting in Scotland, in Aberdeenshire. Really? A really terrifying sighting where essentially you know, this family were staying in a rented common, like a rented cottage. And, uh, you know, basically here's what they thought later were howls or something. An ominous, eerie feeling, you know, no birds singing, no animals making a noise, all the sheep corralled together in a circle at the bottom of a field facing out. And uh, yeah, she goes into the kitchen late at night to get something, and she sees what looks like this sort of big chimp-like face in the window, almost wow. filling it up. So they're starting to bare its teeth almost, and doesn't stick around to find out. So locks the door, goes in, afraid to tell her partner what she's seen in case he goes out to check it out. You know, wow. and it just sort of kept quiet about it, and uh, and. Yeah, they left. I suppose they left a few days later, but everywhere they went, she said there was just this feeling of menace around. Like she felt that this creature was really unhappy. There were sort of rocks coming at the house or bangs and things like that. Wow. And uh, she'd stayed up and sort of, I think, seen it on the periphery of the property all night, sort of looking out the window. Um, so, yeah, you get things like that even That's now. That's really and interesting. You've got a be skeptical but also at some points you've got to trust the witness or not trust them yeah i've really only got their word for it and yeah. um you know it's uh in this case i feel well you know, whatever this lady has seen she's she's pretty sure that yeah. it was there and she's pretty certain scotland. about it scotland aberdeenshire i want she wow. wants to keep the location secret but okay um yeah but yeah that that you know, sort of rural aberdeenshire um, which parts aren't rural, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to no, go there know. now. <laughs> yeah, same. I want to get straight up there. And um, wow. uh, send me a little picture of the sort of the kitchen. So it's got this sort of corner where the wide sort of windows face out. So wherever she would have been coming in, yeah. this thing to fill up the window, it would have had to have a, like a head like yeah. that sort of size, I guess, or quite big anyway. Yeah. And um, yeah, she was just convinced. Yeah, I saw this thing. We heard it all day. We heard these noises. I'd become unnerved. There was this bad feeling everywhere. And then popped into the kitchen wow. late at night to get something. And there it was staring at me in the window. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's terrifying, but I would love to see that. I would love it and not love it. Because I think, I know, even though I want this experience, that would brick it. That would be terrified. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad part. You get your phone but out of your the, pocket shaking. <laughs> get a picture <laughs> no i got a shaky i got a shaky bigfoot cam hand at the best of times you know and uh 
try and use a stabilizer <laughs> on it and it's just even if i'm just taking a picture of ducks it's all sort yeah. of, you know <laughs> nah, yeah terrible so was this terrible. was this a lady that you knew or no don't it's got in contact okay got in contact cheered me on the sasquatch chronicles or something like that yeah and which is actually normally how people get in contact they say oh i did this podcast i went looking for information after my experience and then i found this podcast and then i heard you on this podcast and i thought i'd get in touch kind of thing, yeah which is nice and um <clears throat> and to for people to trust you in general you probably have people tell you things and i always think you know this this is the kind of thing that can make people sound a bit crazy and if they're they're trusting you to handle that information you know sensitively and and uh with an open mind and that's that's a nice compliment yeah oh, definitely you know so how often do people reach out with stories like that um bigfoot in britain not very often you know i think you know i mean definitely definitely haven't received more than 10 direct sightings over my time here like right. direct sightings that haven't been shared with anybody else beforehand that is i've received some uh, been reported and you know had direct contact with witness at points yeah um nessie sightings infrequently there's a lot of people up at the lock that would be i think sought out way before me you know people like steve felton or Roland watson who were very active in that scene uh once or twice people have come with those those types of sightings um i've had a few dogman sightings um no black dogs no trolls, no little people, no. Um, no strange flying creatures. Strangely enough, I get a lot of sort of emails from sort of sort of Christian type researchers, but not really. Sort of weird theological slants to them, Nephilim types, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's all the Nephilim in the Genesis when you know those who from heaven to earth came and had children with the, the earth women and made giants. And then it says in the Bible, they became giants. Well, you know, my wife is a Hebrew speaker, so I, I know it doesn't actually say they became giants, but the word for giant is Anak, not okay. or Anakim, not, not Nephilim, you know? So these men became mighty, but it doesn't say they became mighty in stature. So that's often weirdly conflated into this, biblical yeah. passage in the king james rendering of it which is not correct the word that they've right. chosen is incorrect uh, according okay. to the hebrew and so i get a lot of emails about that and saying and that's why the ufos are coming to you know, deceive us and fool us and pretend they're aliens instead of actual demons and blah 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 and you know, maybe there's some plausibility to some of that but it always seems to be backed up with some you call it newspaper exegesis so I did theology for my degree you know, in university. Right. And uh, once upon a time, I was going to be a priest. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, didn't end up doing it because I was also a musician at the same time back then. And we sort of discussed and agreed that I'd be a, like a private hypocrite instead of a public one. And, um, you know, but I still, that's still my religion. And I'm still very interested in theological study outside of the cryptozoology often reading certain writers and uh researchers about you know interpretations of of what those things mean you know yeah and um 
so I get a lot of that stuff. It's kind of weird. And it seems to be when you speak about exegesis, I mean that they try to fit um they try to fit prophecy into current events yeah. instead of um making sure that current events fit prophecy perfectly, try to shove the prophecy into that sort of current thing. Yeah. So yeah. You know, at the moment, because everything that's happening in the world is like, oh, it's the sign of the beast, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's not. Clearly, it's not. If you read it, you understand it. Yes. So, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. Uh, that's my other <laughs> thing. And I normally just that's reply back with a few clips of stuff that theologically sort of in line with what I believe and say, oh, thank you very much for this. And this is kind of what I think. And, you know, I'm looking for flesh and blood animals. And that's as far as my interest goes. Yeah. So when it comes to like when people say about the lights and the portals, you think that's just well, one is excluded because yeah. if somebody gives me a sighting and then that's included, then I can't just say, "Well, forget that bit." Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got a, got a, but I've never received a sighting like that. Okay, not ever. I've heard of people talk about them. Yeah, and I've heard of other things as well. I think you know you could. It could be all different types of reasons for atmospheric disturbances being associated with certain things in certain places, or even um, that we talk about the infrasound that some animals have, even the sort of a hallucinogenic effect of a natural phenomena like infrasound or something else that can affect your mind as well as your body. Yeah. And what could that be a reason? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely could be. It's- if a get out of jail free card, I know <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I won't accept that. If, if when we go into all the things and suddenly there I am watching the thing step into a portal and some greys come out with like this clipboard and say, Okay, did you do that? Did you do that? Did you blow up the camera? I'd be like, Okay, I got it. Fair enough, guys. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'll take it, I'll take it, <laughs> I'll, I'll put my hand up. Yeah. You know, but I always think of it like in terms of other animals we've discovered. So the kraken, that was like the giant squid, right? For years, that wasn't supposed to exist. Yeah. Now, the giant squid is just a normal thing we know lives deep in the ocean. It rarely comes to the surface because it hunts deep down. So we wouldn't see it in the past. We wouldn't see it very often. And maybe they, you know, they found them at 110, 115 feet. Uh, and maybe they were bigger in the past and attacked boats, you know. Um, perhaps that happened. And yet, if we said, well, we can't find the giant squid because there's portals, and every time it attacks a boat, it disappears into a portal deep in the ocean, it would have been a strange thing if we thought that about the Komodo dragon or the gorilla. It was like 1800s, they found that. Hairy man of the forest. And yet, gorillas is a very ordinary thing now. Yeah. You know? And so are so many other animals that would seem ridiculous to us in past days. That's the way I think about it. Yeah. Whatever it is about this thing we don't understand yet, this could just be part of it. And until we know, and yeah. I'm laboring the point, until we know yeah. otherwise, let's just future, try and find it. It could just be a, a normal animal that everyone knows yeah. about and accepts. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, oh, did you see the Bigfoot in like um, in London Zoo? And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Did they zap you? And you're like, oh, I got zapped really bad. I got a bad headache. Yeah. <laughs> really zapped me. The big male yeah. didn't like me. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Can we get zapped? Yeah, changing the subject a little yeah. bit i wanted to go back to the loch ness there's oh, yeah. there's a um there's a camera that's on the lock the whole time now isn't there there's five now 
There's fire and the people yeah. see things on the, on the cameras. Now this is a, the difficulty with the cameras. Is this okay? So there was the um, there was the main camera uh, that was there for a long time. There's been different cameras underwater in different places over the years. There's the main camera that was there for a long time recently, which was owned by a uh, researcher Miko Takala, I think, long-time researcher. But it was so far away from the lock that basically whatever you saw passing the camera was indistinguishable. Right. And this wasn't usually a big issue because things that were reported as possible Nessies were few and far between on the camera over the years. People were still quite discriminative. Then uh, an Irish chap called Owen O'Fagan uh, got interested in the camera and started watching it day and night from Ireland and was a big Nessie fan and reported something he thought was Nessie and the papers printed it. A few months later, he reported something else and the papers printed it. I think it's up to like 16 or 17 sightings now. And yeah, obviously, obviously, everybody started to get a bit suspicious about this. And there were people correlating events on the loch at the time that the reports were. So some of them were seen to be kayaks. Others were seen to be boats and so on and so forth. And yet the reports kept going and the papers kept eating it up. Yeah. Now there's five cameras facing the loch. Some of them are closer than the other one used to be. Some of them not so much. Which things are still a bit sort of blurry. Right. So he's already used, reported one sighting on one of them. And it's not only Owen, you know, but some, you know, it's wonderful who's got this interest, but people have really appealed to the chap to say, can you be a bit more discriminative? Because it's sort of invalidating the camera, yeah. basically. Yeah. Invalidating it. And, you know, you can't have like 20 sightings per year all on the, all on the cam and nobody in the vicinity has seen anything. Yeah. So I think this is the issue. Uh, my personal, my personal, if I had the money, if I had the equipment and could guarantee its safety there, it wouldn't be stolen, is I would love to have submersible uh, sonar-activated cams at the mouths of the seven rivers around the loch. Because okay. historically, all of the sightings that have not been mid-loch have been near the Inver villages, Inver meaning Rivermouth villages. My theory for a long time has been that the you know, the salmon and the trout and all the, the fish, especially when there's a run coming out of the rivers into the deep loch, are yeah. suddenly sort of, you know, in deep water and out of their um, uh, comfort zone or whatever, you know, they're, they're unaware and they're vulnerable when they come into the deep water and the Nessies might wait there to capture them. That yeah. could be the reason for all those sightings. And it would be great to just have something permanently buried there that had, you know, I don't know how we would power it, but the technology exists where we could just say on, you know, film basically. Yeah. Uh, and I would do it all, all, all of the seven rivers on the, on them. I was facing the lock. That's, yeah. that would mean be my dream essentially. And also yeah. having a, you know, uh, a drone style, you know, um, submersible uh, camera, just, just patrolling, just patrolling yeah. the lock, but I'm not constantly would be amazing yeah that you would know. be awesome yeah i mean i might be talking space age stuff but look the equipment exists it is out there it could yeah. be used um but does anybody have the will to sort of put that kind of finance behind it yeah that's it hopefully yeah. one day oh i, I really hope me so. and you andy we can do it one day. we can do it we can just <laughs> i always think every time i go there i always feel like you sort of feel like God's going to give it to you, don't you? When you get there, yeah. you always say, "Well, come on, God, you know I, you can trust me with this." 
decided. You was there recently, gonna... wasn't you? Was you there no. recently? No, it was. I haven't been there for two years. 2019, actually. I haven't been there since before the pandemic. Oh, okay. um, I might be going up in December, hopefully, to see um, Alan McKenna. He does his weekly Loch Ness investigation team. Uh, okay. Uh, observations. They've started a new observation team around the loch, which is great. Yeah. So I... Uh, I'm hoping to get up there in December and spend a few days with those guys. Yeah, I'd love to go there. I've not been there yet. Beautiful. Is there somewhere mm. I really want to go soon. Mm, it's beautiful. And it's pristine at night. You'll be shocked, Tommy, by how black it is. Yeah. You know, you think how many tourists go there, and there's a bunch of hotels dotted around. It's black. It is pristine and black. And you're like, yeah. okay, so something could sort of come in and out of here at night. Yeah. You'd be none the wiser. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Everyone know. Love to go there. Yeah. Is there a special yeah. feeling when you go there? Obviously, because you know um, history and I don't know if it's a special feeling. I just um, I think the first time I went there, I tried to not to seem like a giddy kid because I was really giddy. And even the taxi driver was like, "Oh, so you're up here to 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 see the the monster?" And I was like, "Monster." <laughs> <laughs> We went yeah. there on our honeymoon. That was my first. Really? Visit. Yeah. Oh wow. That's my awesome. wife was very understanding. We went. We had yeah. like a five-star sort of lodge hotel, Loch Ness Lodge. It was called. Oh, lovely. Facing the loch, and breakfast was like facing the loch, and I was you now eating breakfast on our honeymoon, like. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and the whole time up in the room, kind of looking yeah. at the window, <laughs> and um. Yeah, understanding that's that. perfect. Very understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And what about yeah. the lake? The lake champagne. Oh no, it wasn't lake champagne. There was a picture recently that a couple took. Where was it in Canada? Did you Ogo see Pogo? that? Yeah, that's Ogo it. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think it's a costume sort of head. It's it's either really? yes, <sighs> with the two horns coming out. Yeah. That looks like a dragon or a wolf. Yeah, it's. I mean. It looked like, and it was just before Halloween as well. Yeah. And again, you've got the, the same old problem. What about the context? You photograph, you've got one photo of it. You're right yeah. there. Turn your camera on. And a this video. is anybody, yeah. anybody listening now, no photos, video. Yeah, video. You can take yeah. stills. You can zoom in. You can do everything to it. Take a video. Try not to be like me, my shaky cam hand. <laughs> and, um, you know, get... Just don't even zoom. Don't even zoom in on it because we yeah. can do that, yeah. can't we? We can do that with a tech. So, you know, as long as you've got a, like a reasonably um, good resolution camera, most even most camera phones like that now. Yeah, yeah. Just just clip it, and we will send it to one of us guys. We'll do the rest. Yeah, we? we'll do it for you. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. a shame because I saw that picture and I got excited. I'm one of those people. I just get excited. Yeah, and I like, want to believe it. Yeah. I do all the time. I still do. You know, I'm, I'm very trusting I'm as well. <laughs> sort of burnt out and sort of hollow now after my experience. Because <laughs> no, no. investigating it, it obviously you come across all the fakes as well, and it it does give you a bit of a, a reality check. You know, you have yeah. to do, do this reality check and doing this new book again because Lake Monsters is my thing. I love Bigfoot and all that stuff and everything else. But it was always Lake Monsters. That's my beginning. Yeah, I rewatched those old Mysterious World um, episodes recently, and in the search of episodes, 
for Leonard Nimoy. And I was like, ah, oh, even the, the music from the beginning of Mysterious World, Arthur C. Clarke, like, ah, oh, the Crystal yeah. Skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music, the music's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Gordon Honeycomb doing the narration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's awesome. For all those guys who remember Honeycomb. And um, I just thought, ah, oh, you know, I mean, there are amazing crypto programs out there now, cryptid programs. There are, there are great mystery programs. But nothing, probably because they were the, the sort of groundbreakers, nothing has that same feeling. Yeah. Nothing seems to have that same magical feeling to it where you're really going to find some mysteries this time. Yeah. You know, you sort of know the format and you think, well, they're not going to find anything. These guys, there's going to be a few cliffhangers and some evidence that's going to be groundbreaking after the break or the next episode. And you're going to see it's kind of ambiguous, you know. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, I think there must be stuff out there to find. And we've got to look at it as in you're going to find something that is there. So that's the way you've got to go and look for it, not to sort of set the scene, spin the yarn, although yeah. that's important for the TV. Yeah. You've also got to go because you're trying to find it, not just making a program. Yeah. That's the mission. And um, it would be nice to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to your program. Uh, looking forward to that. Honestly, <laughs> I want it. I want it. Yeah, I've, um, I've sent my letter to Santa and everything. Don't we? Yeah, I have. Well, I've been a good boy. <laughs> let's uh, let's hope soon. I've been it's a good boy. Happen. We all want it. So. Yeah, it would be fun. It would just be fun because every single episode is going to feature our specialist researcher in their area looking for their creature, or the researchers in that area. So. Not only would it be about all the cryptids around the world, it would be about all the people searching for them. Yeah. yeah. And that sort of opens up the entire cryptic community, not just yeah. me waffling on in my sort of non-specific accent syndrome voice, you know. <laughs> I find it interesting, though. I love listening to researchers that are out there doing the work. Yeah. I love just hearing that. I love hearing about it. Yeah, me I haven't too. always got to actually see it, but hearing experiences and, and what you've done, I find that really interesting. It's, it's, an, it's a super interesting world. It really is. And there's, there's a lot to, to discover there in all of this stuff. You know, if we go in honest and there's a community of people like yourselves and others that are just um, friendly toward one another, you know, that seems to be what's happening now a lot in cryptozoology. Yeah. When I started, there was a lot of, you know, people were like knocking heads and there were teams and... Um, <laughs> you know, factions and all these things and people were just fighting, fighting, fighting all the time. I thought it was kind of crazy in a way. I don't understand that. I don't understand why, because that doesn't help the subject or anyone. But you think something different to me, Tommy. So we should be enemies, right? And yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Whereas like why you, can't you might I have just a say slightly it, different well, opinion? It, it doesn't it's crazy, really, isn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy. What's that that funny? There was um one of those guy Richie movies, I can't remember which one it was. And um, the guy says, uh, it's better to have, why have enemies when you can have friends? King Arthur yeah. was the movie. Um, like, why have enemies when you can have friends? And that kind of stuck with me. I know in a cheesy movie way, right? Tagline for a movie. <laughs> speak of my life philosophy. It's true, it's true though, isn't it? But it's true. It is true. Yeah. All you're doing why? is cutting off bridges by... And I've met so many bridge burners. You know, I... Um, without going into anything specific and i don't like to 
I'm not going to get any dirty laundry in the details, but I've been pursued like by a researcher that I met four years ago, for four years, calling up people I work with, saying, you know, you're going to get into trouble for being with this guy and this and the other thing, and accusations, constant accusations. I'm thinking, wow, mm. we fell out four years ago. This is, we don't really even know each other. This is some serious, I mean, you could put this energy to some serious research. Yeah. yeah. If you could focus this energy yeah. into finding something, you would succeed because that's a lot of fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a lot of fire. And why not, why don't we just use that fire that we got in our bellies to, to find something? Yeah, 100%. You know, instead of saying, you know, this guy, this girl, that person, yeah. um, you know. It's bad energy. You don't you don't need that. Why? And I've been there. I've been one of those gossip guys. You know, I've been there. So I've said, yeah, that person. And what I realized was, you know what? Everybody gets their turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so since you're going to get your turn one day, be nice when it's somebody else's. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come. It's going yeah, to come. I, I, I can't stand the two, like the negative. I, I try and stay away from that sort of thing. Yeah, it's good good for you yeah i know it's hard sometimes because you yeah. know but yeah i don't I, you can be a listening me. ear without joining in you know you can yeah. give somebody an ear to, to to vent their strifes without yeah jumping on the you know without putting your war paint on yeah <laughs> you can get your pitchfork ready you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> i've got to ask you this someone yeah. someone the other day I don't want to put you on the spot here. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sure you know about this subject. Yeah. Um, it was in your first book. Um, someone asked me the other day about the Cornish owl man. Yes. Yeah. So and the I owl said, man sightings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they started in the 1970s and um, I think it was seen by two. I don't have the thing in front of me, but they were, they were seen by. Let me just bring it up actually then, to make sure it's. Because it's like the UK moth man sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, yeah, it's in the 70s. So it starts after the Mothman, actually. So you could okay. say there was some, there was some skin in the game there to, um, okay. you know, sure. to do that. But there's, yeah. okay. um, I find that very interesting. The Mothman's one of my favorite cryptids as well. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's very interesting because of the way it starts. That starts with a real, um, well, it starts with it starts with a, a real mysterious thing, you know. That bridge collapses, doesn't yeah. it? You know, and it's blamed on this thing, and actually, it seems almost like a superstition in a way yeah. that turns into sightings later. Further sightings. I've got a, a really good friend um, in the US that's um, that's written a book called the the Lake Michigan Moth Mothman. Yeah. And uh, another friend as well who often writes about a lot of the, the Mothman sightings around the Chicago airport and, and other places okay. like that. Uh, you know, so, um, and they they do really great work. And it really seems to be, it does really seem to be a lot in it, you know, absolutely. Um, but our one, the, the Owl Man of Cornwall, Corn, uh, the Owl Man of Morning. <laughs> This kid's really burnt me out today. I can't even talk. <laughs> I know, I feel you. I know, I know the <laughs> pain. It's hard work. Oh, they did, they did. <laughs> when we're going back, they were standing on this little sort of gate, uh, these little pillars going out, and each one of them wanted me to sort of catch them and run with them before they fell to the ground. And, of course, they were just really yeah. set on it. 
And before I could get the next one until I'm not to, they get back up and start yeah, again. I know. You know? <laughs> so no choice, they let them day. fall or yeah. catch them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it the other day and I was sort of tempted to just let them go. Sometimes, you know, sometimes. Of course I didn't. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. But you know, then lessons could be learned accidentally, kind of. You could have yeah. just missed the yeah. the beat or something. I would never do that. But um no, it was so no. cute. I had to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard work, but it's got to be done. <laughs> it did. It did. Okay. So I, I played for enough time now. I found the article. So it's <laughs> the um the Alman of Warning. Okay. So this the Sorry to put you on the spot with that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's just for some reason my search facility's not working very well on the words here. And I had to scroll. So there's two young girls, they're nine and twelve, and they claim to see a, a birdman hovering above the tower of Warner and Old Church in Cornwall. And, you know, as the story goes, there's some of that, they, they, they run away, they report it to the police, or their families do, and they're taken to the police station, they take them to separate rooms, and they sketch almost, you know, the same thing, basically. And it has such a, a fearful effect on, upon them that these girls, that they, the holidays cut short, and they, they leave the area. Then there's another sighting, uh, a little while later, and several witnesses, and also some, they see this large, Man like a owl sitting on a large branch in a pine tree. And they're thinking, oh, you know, somebody's like playing a trick here. Look at this, they're playing a prank on this. And the creature flies off, basically, making wow. this crackling sound like static electricity. And then over the years, people are seeing these sort of red lights or these grown creatures with glowing red eyes you know, flying over the, the church roof. Now, the girls who saw this album, they described it as five to six feet tall, gray-brown, like an owl, feathered, by the way, with a black mouth and black pincer-like claws, with red glowing eyes and a wingspan 10 feet across. Wow. And uh, they said it, it, it emits this sort of screeching or, or hissing noise. Now, it's not the only Alman sighting in the UK, by the way, and there are a few others, but the one specific one is the Alman of Haverford, Haverford West in Wales, which okay. is in West Wales. And it happens in the uh, mid-1960s. There's a, there's a crew member on a merchant navy ship, he's walking drunk to St. Thomas Churchyard in Haverford West at night. And he gets, he says he gets frightened out of his wits by this giant owl that flies from a tree above and lands in front of him. He's terrified, you know, he runs for the safety of the next pub. He tells everybody about his um, encounter with a six foot tall owl with the legs of a man and, uh, and a round face made up of white hair with a protruding nose, not a beak, he says. And of course, you know, everybody makes fun of him and basically tells him, you know, um, he's ridiculous, apart from an old man who says, yeah, I've encountered this Alvan as well 10 years before. Mm. Years later, in November 2013, there's a young couple going through the graveyard and they encounter a large feather covered man that descends from one of the trees and runs through the churchyard. They, they flee in terror, you know, really scared, but a bit later, the guys, I was curious. Some friends in the camera to try and get a picture of it. It's it's not there anymore. There's tons of sightings like that. Yeah. There's also one in Glasgow of maybe not an Owlman, but a they call it a Batman near Sight Hill Cemetery. Right. And uh, there's a guy driving home at four thirty one morning after night shift, and uh, he misses the turn, so he wants to perform a U-turn and sees this sort of figure coming out of Sight Hill Cemetery gates. It's moving extremely quickly. It's all black, you know, uh, bipedal. 
looking like uh, like a uh, jet black in color, like a man with uh, like a cow, something that looks like bat wings. Yeah. He drives after it 40 miles per hour, unable to catch up with it, corners it at the bottom of a road, and um, it leaps over uh, a wall 20 foot ver- vertically in a single movement. Wow. Yeah. So there's been quite a lot of sightings of these sort of creatures. Bipedal, you know, bipedal uh, man-like creatures, whether they're owl-like or or bat-like or others. In, in the US, there's a lot of these flying bipedal uh, things with wings. Yeah, you know, it's 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 confusing. Even Doug, um, hijack and the producer I work with on Monster Quest, said to me in an interview that he had seen exactly that descend in front of his car in the middle of a road one night when he was driving home. Really? You know, in in a rural area, yeah, and just saw this huge man-like thing with these huge wings just sort of descend into the middle of the road, and they passed and thought, "Oh my gosh, you know, what have we seen?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what have we seen? Wow, where was that again? Sorry, where, where did you say that uh, Doug's, I think, was in Minnesota. Oh, okay, oh, cool. Mm, yeah, uh, at least um, he lives there. So <laughs> I don't yeah. know the location. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and there's there's other things here. The flyers. There's um, pterosaur-like sightings here. Um, that have gone on for years, uh, quite a few in the Air Valley in West Yorkshire, in a place called the Devil's Punch Balls, a very wooded area there. People have seen, including game, gamekeepers, have seen large pterosaur-like creatures with bat-like wings. Really? Yeah, several times. And it's, uh, you know, it goes back, it goes back far. I mean, you probably remember if you've read the book, but there's a, a story in Penling Castle in Glamorgan uh, from the 1900s and it's about these winged serpents that used to live in the local forest that were beautiful with sort of peacock-like colors and head crests yeah. um, that were destroyed by the, the local population for preying on their, their hens and their, their livestock. Yeah, and they said that they, uh-huh. they were coiled up when they were resting and they, they would glide swiftly to their hiding places or swoop over people's heads if they annoyed them and um, yeah, you know, it was said that they were destroyed or their extinction was due to them. Um, what did they say? Their habit of preying on poultry and being terrors in the farmyards is what, what sort of ended them. Wow. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. There's so much more to this world. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, and if it's, you know, if it's not real, if it's people's imaginations, then even that's sort of amazing to me from a sociological point of view. You know, that if it's an interpretation, because I can't imagine ever seeing something like, let's say, like a heron or even a, uh, a, a crane or a stork or something like that, you know, and imagining that, imagining that I'd witnessed a prehistoric animal, you know, something really severe would have to happen for me to be convinced of that. Yeah. You know, to make that jump. So, and when people say, oh, they probably saw this, they probably saw that, I said, yeah, but why did they think it was this yeah, instead yeah. of that? Or instead yeah. of a bird I haven't seen before, why did you come up with pterosaur? Or yeah, um, yeah, yeah. a giant man owl? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, I don't know. It's 
strange. But it's it's so interesting because not everyone like even if one of the stories is right, then that's that's amazing, isn't it? Even if one of the stories, yeah, yeah. Like a log nest, like thousands of witnesses, you just need one of them to be correct. If one of them's correct, yeah, yeah. And if not, if not the creature they're describing, then what is it? Definitely not otters, like somebody said before. Like if you've seen an otter, you can't imagine an otter or even no, a group of them gonna, to be like a, a twenty foot long. That. Yeah, <laughs> you can't mistake that creature. for a no. Or deer. No. Somebody says, "Oh, it must be deer crossing the road." And like, no. come on, no. you know they can be intimidating. I saw a bunch of deer today. I mean, goodness, yeah. there's one big stag standing behind us in the the yellow bracken and. It didn't even know he was there till he moved. It was the same color as the yeah. bracken, but I wouldn't mistake it for some kind of monster. Yeah, yeah. I had a deer run at me. I was walking to work, and it was quite a, a rural yeah. place. A deer was. I, I saw this thing running towards me, and I thought mm. that's a big dog. Yeah. And then, as it was getting closer, I realized it wasn't a dog; it was a deer. And I quickly got out of the way because it was just going to go through me. Wow! And uh, yeah, it just ran past me and about six o'clock in the morning. Or was this like a, a stag, or was it a doe? Was the thing? It was. I think it was a stag. Yeah, it had, it had yeah. all the, the antlers, and yeah, it was a big oh, old, old boy. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get in his way. Oh so no! I, don't know I what mean, he was doing. <laughs> yeah, you can be killed. I think he was kill lost. You. Yeah, you can definitely. This was in you. Essex in yeah. uh, Harold Hill. This was. Wow! It's happened. Yeah. 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 I mean, these these ones in the park, they're, they're kind of used to people, but they're still, you know, they're still not approachable. Um, but yeah, just to, just goes to show, you know, you, you see things like that all the time. And most people, it's the same with sea monsters sometimes. You know, yes, they could be seals. Absolutely. They could be a seal that you're not used to seeing. You know, like Wally the walrus came to visit this recently, didn't he, in Wales and yeah. and uh, the east of Ireland and... I think he was also in Cornwall for one bit uh, or uh, of his um, sojourn here. And, you know, maybe even sea lions could get you somehow. Yeah. But the, that illusion won't last long once you've looked at the animal a little bit. You're like, oh, hang on a second. That's the seal. Yeah. You know, clear enough. It's not going to you know, take. And why would you jump to sea monster of a seal in the sea yeah. if that's not the first thing on your mind? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's possible. Nice very possible but i think some of these monster imposters you know that there's a bit of a stretch yeah before before we wrap things up andy yeah i want to ask you i want to come away from the cryptids a little bit mm. and ask you what you think are paranormal what's your thoughts on ghosts yeah. and things like that i don't know <laughs> if you've ever been asked that or i've not seen you talk about that no i have been asked about that kind of stuff um I used to, I mean, I lived in a house where there was a lot of sort of strange goings on uh, really? from the, that perspective when I was growing up. And we also had, um, my family had a sort of martial arts uh, club. It was an old Salvation Army building uh, from the 1700s or 1800s, I can't remember, but it was old, a very old building anyway. And we had a gym downstairs and often, you know, when you were in there, you would hear voices of children or laughing or sometimes oh, wow. it'd be like a growl type thing behind you or you just get like an eerie uncomfortable feeling you know um and things like that and i might you know i've got i suppose i've got a certain religious perspective on some of those things sometimes and i think what i think about paranormal actually i think it boils down to that you know i'm somebody of one particular religion married to somebody of another religion actually and i know 
from that perspective that we can experience the same event and have forward with two different interpretations yeah. of what happened from those religious perspectives. And I think that's how I view a lot sometimes in the paranormal world. Oftentimes it's um, wrapped up in a philosophical perspective of how you think the universe and the world works, you know, spiritually as well. And because of that, I don't think there's much like scope for objectivity in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it's all sort of wrapped up in what <coughs> we think. You know, if you think the spirits of the dead are hanging about and telling, giving people messages, then that's that's going to be your interpretation. Or if you're like a fundamentalist Christian that thinks it's demons trying to deceive people, that's going to be what you come away with as well. Yeah. And um, that that's that's just kind of how I feel about it. I think there is a paranormal. I believe there is one. But I think as to what it is, that's yeah quite personal that's the question yeah 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 you have experience hearing hearing noises and stuff and oh well that's when i was a kid in in this place now this house right now is great but um that one it's always you know we'd see like a dark shape of a man run past uh there was like a one of these sort of um sort of uh tempered glass windows into the hallway from the yeah. living room where you couldn't quite see who was there, like a bathroom type of glass, you know, to, obst- to obstruct your view. Um, so you would often, I would, we'd often see like a dark shape of a person sort of dart past out of the corner of our eye and things like that. Okay. Um, I can remember once or twice training in the gym part of the, the martial arts club downstairs by myself and hearing a <clears throat> behind me, turning around really quickly and just, you know, just me there. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but uh, nothing since I've been away from this place is, frankly. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to keep a nice, fresh home without any of that nonsense. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. No, don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah, it's peaceful. There's lots of peace and sort of, you know, it's a really peaceful house. Yeah, nice. That's nice, man. How about you? Because you obviously uh, investigate that stuff too, don't you? You Yeah. So I've I've experienced quite a few things, seen ghosts, and I've recently I don't know if it's because I'm talking about it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I've experienced a couple of things in the new house where I've woke up during yeah. the night and seen things and oh really like shapes and things. Well, I woke up and I thought I saw like a silhouette of a man looking over mm. me, and this this happened a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was quite strange. Did he say? Um... Uh, Mr. Cullum, I'm from Inland Revenue. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Unless and he then, was scarier. <laughs> as opposed to what you would have done with the, the ghost, you actually screamed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're your gas they and energy provider. We've, yeah. We would like to give you your new bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Oh, goodness me. Those guys. I know. Honestly. <laughs> You charge you a hundred pounds for looking at your kettle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not switching that on, no way. Oh gosh, honestly, I've never been so severe about turning all the lights on. I know, on. I know, because the kids want every light on in the house oh, all the time, and I'm I like, still guys. have to battle them every three months and say, look, <laughs> I don't, you, yeah. you couldn't possibly be charging me this for my tiny. Our house is like a postage stamp. Some of my houses, my friends in the US, our house is smaller than their garage. You know, it's, they don't understand what yeah. it's like to live in London. You know, like yeah. they think you you paid like what something's worth like half a million pounds. They think that's something. 
instead of it's like it's a it's a wardrobe with beds in it. <laughs> you know, yeah, every, everything's so much at the moment. Isn't it? You're from Essex, though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Essex. Yeah, so it's just yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm originally I'm from Brentwood. Oh, okay, I know Brentwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Um, recently moved to Dorset. Well, I say recently; it was Christmas time. Yeah. Happy days, little... though. You like yeah. it there. Enjoying it down here, yeah. Yeah, the west, west, you know, the western people are really nice, and you know, London's great. It's fine. I like where we are. London, I've liked yeah. the people here um, the whole time, and uh, but being sort of a Welsh boy from the capital city, but Wales is a you know, Cardiff's a tiny city, really. Um, it's just, it's just a strange. It's just even after 13 years, it's a kind of a strange environment. You know, you never get used to that. Hey, what are you doing uh, this month? And somebody gets out there, your best friend gets out their, their diary or the final facts and so tells you they're three, yeah. they can give you half an hour in three months, you know, for a <laughs> yeah. coffee. Yeah, it is quick. Yeah. <laughs> and they're your I'm... best friend, you know, <laughs> they want to see you. <laughs> That's my dad. I'm like, dad, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to see, like, oh, I could probably fit you in around Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. London. I'm still, I'm still in London quite a lot. I still, yeah, it's only a two hour drive. I'm still back yeah, there. I'm, I'm still back there a lot. That's good. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Andy, this has been amazing, man. Yeah, thank you thanks. so much for coming back on the show. Thank you for part two. I'd love to have you on again in the future for part three. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get that, that book finished and um, yes. uh, something new and to talk series. about. Yeah, yeah, that one. The TV yeah. series, we want that. Yeah. Any Anybody happens, got good credit with the man upstairs out there? Say something for me, please. Yeah, let's do um, it. They need a push. They need yeah. a push. Yeah. Well, hopefully that happens soon. Thank you. Can you tell the audience where they can get you, where they can find you, where they yeah. can find books? You know what? It, if the... Um, I think the best two best places are facebook.com forward slash beasts of. You'll find most of my stuff there. Or if you go to Linktree forward slash beasts of, every single one of my links is there. The books, the merch, the conferences. The, there's two different blogs on there that are free. The podcast, Beastly Theories, is there. Uh, all free episodes as well. No paywalls anywhere. Um, only the book costs money. Or in the merch, but nobody buys that. And... Uh, <laughs> It's part from me to give to people. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, if, if you're there, if you find it, I'll just talk about the audio books again. Beast of the World, Beast of Britain. If you've got Audible and some of the other platforms, you know, it's just within your 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 subscription. It's free. And it helps me. And it's a great way to sort of read uh, using your eyes. Yeah. And uh, get the, a bit books, of a rest. Yeah. The books are absolutely awesome. Thank you. I highly recommend it. Uh, Both of them. Amazing stuff. Thank you very much, sir. You're a true gentleman. Thank you, Tommy. You're a gentleman, it's been an honour to have you back and I'll hopefully see you soon. Well, that's the show, guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy the show, please share the show. Share the show where you can because that really does help us. We will be back next week for more freaky conversations. In the meantime, stay safe and remember, keep it freaky. Bye for now.